Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. To rock and roll, everybody. You're ready to get this thing on. Let's do that. Um, I, I, I want to commit, come at this final subject matter in a, in a direction that says, for those of for those of you who grew up going to church, uh, for all of us who grew up going to church, we all have different types of backgrounds, and so. Uh, meaning not not all of us who grew up in church, ever, we didn't all go to the same style of church. We didn't all go to the same denomination or the same fellowship or, or whatever. Uh, there was there's a lot of differences between churches, even though that that every Bible believing church is going to preach Jesus, they're going to preach Christ and Christ crucified, they're going to preach the resurrection and salvation by grace through faith in Christ. And so, so all of those things are kind of standards along just mainline denominations and things like that. But a lot of different denominations and churches, they have different focal points. So a lot of churches focus, you know, their main message throughout the course of not only the, the year, but the, really their existence is they're going to teach about love all the time. Other ones are going to teach about faith. They're going to they're be just proponents of faith. Other ones are going to teach all about the Holy Spirit. And, and I mean, you're going to hear about the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit just all the time. And so all of us have, if, if you went to church, uh, you have a different background than I did. Well, my dad was a pastor. And so he, he actually was very, very balanced in what he taught the church. We didn't have one topic that, that stood out from among all of the rest. It's very much like New Song, that we're not afraid of any topic. We teach every topic, but we teach all of the Bible, not just, not just parts of it. We teach all of the Bible. So some weeks we're going to talk about love. Other weeks we're going to talk about grace. We're going to talk about peace. We're going to talk about joy. We're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about all of the Bible. How many are glad you go to a life-giving, Bible-believing church, everybody? That's who we are here at New Song. So Today is a subject matter that some of you are very, are very schooled in if you grew up in, the, in a certain type of church, and others are, of you are like, I've never been taught this at all. I've never heard this at all. And, and so in my growing up years with the churches that my, my dad pastored and, of course, one that he started, uh, I, I was kind of used to this terminology, but a lot of you wouldn't be used to this terminology. And, and the, the phrase that we use for today's topic is often called spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare. Now, how many have ever heard that term before, spiritual warfare? Okay, oh, wow, so way, 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 lots more, lots of more of you than I expected. That is great. Now, I, I know that spiritual warfare is, is a subject matter that a lot of times brings confusion. A lot of people make it something that it's not. Uh, a lot of people... Um, have really focused spiritual warfare, it becomes very emotional to them instead of doctrinal in nature. And I, I want to I say this from the get-go, that everything that we're going to talk about today concerns faith. It concerns faith. And um, it's going to be very, very scriptural. I'm going to feed you so much of the Bible today. You're going to leave this place stuffed, absolutely stuffed with the Word of God. How many know that's a good thing when you go to church that we actually teach the Bible? So we're going to, we're going to focus on that. A lot of the verses will be on the screen, but a lot of them won't be because we have so much to go through uh, through the course of this morning. That being said... You are in a battle. You are in a battle. Today, we're going to talk about the battle plan. And so some of you are like, well, I don't really like spiritual warfare. I don't, I don't like it that I'm in 
that I'm in a battle. I, I don't want to be in a battle, Pastor Justin. I just don't want it. Well, like it or lump it, you're in a battle. Like, and, and what qualifies you for the battle is that you were born. It's true. What qualifies you for the battle is that you're breathing. Because everybody's in a battle, whether you like it or not. I've never met a soldier who went to war and, and just loved being in the battle. I, I've, never, I've never met anybody like that. Nobody likes battles, but you're in it nonetheless. And the Bible actually has a lot to say about spiritual warfare is the terminology that we would use in today's, in today's church. Uh, but I'm going to call it the battle plan. And, and we're going to start looking at Ephesians chapter 6. In fact, Paul writes about this uh, but more than most. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle. And there is a struggle. Everybody has a struggle. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, like with that in mind, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes not if it's coming but when it comes when it comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand that you are going to be unshakable in a world that's filled with chaos turmoil and battles that you're going to remain unshakable you're going to remain you're going to remain firm in the faith and you're going to stand firm in your relationship with the Lord and under his protection. You're going to stand firm. You're going to be unshakable because there will be battles. You will face trials in this world. You're like, um, Pastor, you sound so sure of that. I promise you, you are going to face battles in this world. You're going to face trials. In fact, the Bible tells us that, that you are not exempt from trials. You're not exempt from suffering. You're not exempt from from the attacks of the enemy. Nobody's exempt from that. Let me say it this way. Jesus wasn't exempt either. Did you know that? Well, Jesus was never attacked. Well, sure he was. In fact, he went into the wilderness for 40 days where the devil just brought an onslaught of temptations his way and turmoil his way, and yet he defeated it every single time. And so we don't have to live defeated lives, but we will be attacked. We will be attacked. Now, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. I want you to do a couple of things. I want you to underline that word strongholds. We're going to come back to that in a second. And I want you to take note here that the weapons we fight with have divine power power, divine power to demolish strongholds. Let me say it this way, that if it's divine power, then it's not your power. It's God's power. How many, can, how many would say amen to that? It's not your power. You don't have the power. It's God's power in you. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every single thought to make it obedient to Christ. Okay, so we're going to talk about the word strongholds just for a moment. In the original uh, text here, in the original Greek, uh, strongholds here means something a little bit different than what it means in other places in the Bible. 
So we know a stronghold is, a lot of times a stronghold would be a place, a location that would be highly fortified. So it, it, would, be very, it would be very strong. It would be a safe place. It would be a shelter or a refuge, right? Well, in this context, in the, in the original Greek here, stronghold is a little bit different. In fact, this is not going to be on your screen, but it is in your notes, that a stronghold in this circumstance is a false argument in which a person seeks shelter to escape reality. It's anything that exalts itself in my mind, pretending to be more powerful than God. It's anything in my mind that pretends to be more powerful than God. Let me say it this way, everybody, that the devil is very real and he's a faker. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. In, in fact, John 8, says this way, that there, that there is no truth in him, in the devil. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. And so he doesn't carry the power that our heavenly father carries, but he wants to make it seem like that. He's a faker. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. And he will pretend, he will help, he will help deceive you into believing that your problem is bigger than your God. He'll, he'll ha he has the, the, the ability to whisper in your ears and have you believe something that simply isn't true. It simply isn't true. And, and I want to teach you some things about, about the enemy and about the battle plan today, but I have to say a couple of things before we get started. And these are huge, everybody. The first one is this, letter A. Never overestimate the power of the enemy. Don't ever do that. Don't ever, don't ever overestimate the power of the enemy. A lot of people view the devil and God as equals. That is not the case. It is not the case. Do not overestimate the power of the enemy. In fact, when there was a disagreement in heaven, when Satan wanted to, to, to kind of climb the ladder of success, as it were, in heaven, pride got a hold of his heart, and he wanted to ascend to the throne. He wanted to be the man in heaven. And, and, and you would think that there's this big, huge, galactic battle between, you know, equal forces, God and the enemy, and that's just not the case. We'll read about it in, in a second, but this was the fight that happened that day. The devil approaches God, and God goes, doink. <laughs> so do not overestimate the power of the enemy. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger, everybody. He's stronger. Don't overestimate the power of the enemy. The second thing, don't underestimate the power of the enemy. I'm, help, I'm trying to help you today. That just because your enemy, the devil, is not an equal with God does not mean that he does not carry some level of power with him. In fact, he's ruling over the earth right now, the Bible says. He's ruling over the earth. And a lot of people say, well, I think God is in total control of this earth. Really? Can I tell you something? First of all, he's not. Ephesians chapter 2 says he's not. That the devil is ruling over this earth. And, if, and here's proof of it. If, if Jesus was the ruler over the whole earth, he's doing a terrible job. Because look what just happened yesterday in Israel. Look what just happened. So I, I'm telling you, so this is how I tell people to, to view it. Right now, the devil's, you know, Adam and Eve handed the keys of this, of this world over to the enemy. And he's had those keys. He's in control of this earth. But Jesus... 
Jesus is, is in control of me. He's in control of me. And one day he's going to be, he's going to gain full control back. He's going to take over what the devil has access to right now. And the devil will be conquered throughout all of eternity. Our God wins, everybody. Our God wins. So right now, is Jesus in control of this world? No. But he will be. But he is in control over me because I've surrendered my life to him. Everybody see that? So don't overestimate the power of the enemy, but don't underestimate the power of the enemy. Don't be naive. The Bible says that we have to be sober, be vigilant, because our enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So don't underestimate him. And I'm going to give you a battle plan today. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a very balanced biblical view and plan to overcome the enemy in your life, in your world. And, and the first one is this. In fact, I want to start by saying the three realities of the enemy. The first one is, the first reality is the devil is real. He's real. 2 Corinthians 11 force says Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. I mean, over and over and over again, we see scripture speaking and talking about and identifying and describing the enemy, the devil and his demons. Did you know that? Over and over and over again. So the first thing you need to know is the devil really is real. He really is. The second thing, it's the devil's goal to destroy you, to destroy us. John 10, 10 says the devil, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to, that you could have life and have it to the full. So, so the devil's goal is not to benefit your life. The devil's goal is to destroy your life. And he's very real. And he's very active. And he's trying to bring destruction in every single area of your life. And by the way, he's trying to destroy your children and your grandchildren, and your siblings, and your parents, and your co-workers, and your neighbors, and everybody in this world. He's trying to destroy everything because that's what he does. He comes to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. So he's very real, and he's very, listen to this, the devil is very goal-oriented, and he wants to bring destruction. Number three, if you say, well, pastor, this is so discouraging. Why did I come here today to hear this? Number three, the, the reality is that the, the devil responds to a higher authority. The devil responds to a higher authority. Remember what 1 John 4, 4 says, the one who is in you, new song, is greater than the one who is in this world. He responds to a higher authority. That's why when, devil, when the devil and God had it out in heaven one day, it wasn't a battle. It was just a little doink. That's what it was. Because the devil responds to a higher authority. And the Bible says it this way, that that authority actually resides in you if you are in Christ. That that, that authority resides in you. That you have authority. to you, you are a person of authority, not in your own strength, but in the strength of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. You are a person of authority. In fact, I'm, I'm going to show you that in a second. So... So three realities of the enemy. The devil is very real. The devil's goal is to destroy us, and the devil responds to a higher authority. The three weapons from God, and we're going to break this down now. We're going to take a little bit more time and break these down. We have some weapons in our arsenal, everybody, 
And the weapons that we have are from God. The first one is this. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. You know, as uh, growing up in, in, in church, uh, I don't know about uh, how, you know, what types of churches you, you all grew up in. I grew up in Oklahoma, rural Oklahoma. And so we, we sang, uh, you know, when, when I was growing up, we said that they were hymns, but they weren't really hymns. I mean, we did sing some hymns. You know, we'd sing every now and then, holy, 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 or something like that, true hymns. But in rural Oklahoma, back in the 70s and 80s and, and 90s, before worship courses really got started, we sang what, what I would call a, a camp meeting songs. They, they were songs that were sung in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, written through there. And so we would sing songs like, there's power in the blood, power in the blood. How many of you have ever seen that song right there, right? Okay. And I always thought to myself, and I literally thought this as a, as a junior higher, young high schooler, I thought, I hope my friends don't come into church today. Because here we are singing, there's power in the blood, and they're going to think, what? Power in the blood? Why are you singing about blood, you weirdos? Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had those types of thoughts? Like we would be singing some songs, and I would just think, Boy, my friends, if they hear this, they're going to wig out. Because here we are singing about blood. They're going to think that we're a cult. They're going to think that we're weird. But the truth of the matter is we have a weapon in, in our arsenal, and it is the blood of Jesus Christ. See, I thought that thought because I'm always thinking about what unchurched people think. I always try to think, well, how would the... How? So that's why, everybody, every Sunday morning, I, I, in fact, even today, I'm teaching you some deep spiritual truths some doctrinal truths. But, but I, like it what, I like it said, there's another pastor who says this way, I just try to put the cookies on the bottom shelf so that everybody can, so that no matter if you're churched or unchurched, when you come into this place, that you're gonna, you're gonna hear and you're gonna understand what the Bible says. I just try to explain it in a way that's very, very simple for everybody to get a hold of. I could use big words, but that's to no avail. That doesn't help anybody. It, the, better, the better thing to do is to simplify. Can I tell you something? as part of the New Song family, this is a safe place to bring your friends and family members, coworkers that don't know Jesus. We're not gonna make them feel stupid when they get here because we've all been stupid, right? Like we're gonna admit who we are and we're gonna study the word of God and we're gonna do it together and we're all going to grow together. This is a very safe place to bring people. So that's why we say one invitation can change a life. So invite, invite friends here because I, I, I try my best to explain things at a very, very simple manner that way everybody can everybody can have something to eat when they come here on a sunday morning eat from the word of the lord so that being said the blood of jesus is so powerful that it cleanses us from sins and we know that to be true that the bible says that without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins so part of the beauty of the cross of jesus christ when he was paying the penalty for our sins and he did that was the shedding of his blood and, and, and we would sing about the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow, right? Because the, the, the blood of Jesus Christ brings purity to our life for whoever trusts in the work, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And of course, the resurrection proved that the cross was, was indeed powerful, that, that it did what it was supposed to do that Jesus bore our sins on the cross. So we have the blood of Jesus. Let me read this to you in Hebrews chapter 10. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood 
of Jesus. How do we go before the throne of God? How do we face God with confidence? We face God with confidence because of the very blood of Jesus that was shed, that was shed, shed for the forgiveness of sins so that we could be forgiven. It's, it's purifying. And it's the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. And it brings us confidence to come before God. Keep reading here in Hebrews chapter 10. It says, verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Because we have faith in the work of Jesus Christ, we've been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, that we can come before God with confidence, with faith, that says, on my own, I am not worthy to even call out your name, God. But I have been forgiven. My sins have been washed from me. I have been purified. You've placed a robe of righteousness on my life. And now I can come before you because I'm part of your family. And I get to talk to my, I get to talk to my God like I would talk to my daddy. Because you are Abba Father to me. So I can come before you with confidence. You know, my, my, my kids still call me all the time, and, and they don't, they don't, they're never insecure when they call their dad. Why? I'm just their dad. They have confidence when they approach me. They know if, if, if dad can help, dad's going to help. How many know that to be true? Like, you know that that's what a good parent does. How much more will our heavenly father work things out for our good when we just come before him and say, help, dad, help, daddy, help, help, father, I need some help. And he's so faithful. And we do that through the blood of Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus. The second thing is, we got the name of Jesus. So the three weapons are the blood of Jesus. Now we have the name of Jesus. We talked about this not too long ago. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. It says that the 72, these 72 followers of Jesus returned with joy after Jesus had sent them out to go preach the kingdom of God and to go, to go literally... Uh, proclaim the kingdom of God and, and perform miraculous acts through the power of God. They come back to Jesus and they say, Jesus, even the demons submit to us in your name. Even the demons submit to us in your name. And over and over and over again, we are taught about using the name of Jesus Christ. Even when we pray, we always pray in Jesus' name. That's how we close our prayers. Well, there's a reason for that. We're, we're, let, let, me say, let, me, let me go on because I, I don't want to get off track here. Jesus replied, and, and this, is, this is that moment. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. It was the doink moment. I, saw, I was there. It wasn't even a fight. It wasn't even a battle. I was there. And he said, and I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all of the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. What he's saying is this. By the way, he's not talking about literal snakes and scorpions, although that, that certainly is true. And I've, I know a lot of missionaries that would tell you stories about things like that. But that, that is, I, I believe that that's fair to saying all of, the, all of the aspects of the enemy, all of the dangers of the enemy. You have authority. You have authority over all of the power of the enemy. Verse 21, at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this, was you, this is what you were pleased 
to do. So this is so amazing. These disciples come back to Jesus and say, Jesus, it's amazing. It's amazing. At the mention of your name, demons were fleeing. At the mention of your name, there were healings that took place, deliverance that took place. At the mention of your name, and Jesus says, oh, now you got it. Now you got it. Now you understand the authority, not only that I have, but now you understand the authority that you have in me. He said, you, now do you get it? Now do you understand the authority that you're walking in? And they just caught a glimpse of it, and they were shocked. Wow, we have authority with the name of Jesus. And Jesus, the Bible records Jesus looking to God saying, God, isn't that wonderful? Oh, and it's so, God, you were so pleased to do it. You get all the praise. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus took time to worship, listen to this. Jesus took time to worship his father because the sons and daughters of God were walking in authority. Whew. Good stuff. And that same authority is yours today. Why? Because the name of Jesus Christ has not weakened over the years. His name is all-powerful. And it is just as strong today as it has ever been. And you, as a child of God, you carry that name. You walk in that name. You get to declare things, decree things in that name. You have been given authority. Well, pastor, I don't deserve authority. Yeah, you don't. Neither do I. Neither did, neither did the 72. And that's what grace is all about. That's what mercy is all about. That we're not counting on our perfection. We're counting on the perfection of Jesus Christ, the work of Jesus Christ, and being found in him. He has given us authority. He's given us authority. Can I get a big amen to that, somebody? So we have some weapons. We have the blood of Jesus Christ. We have the name of Jesus Christ. And now we have the word of Jesus. We have the word of Jesus. By the way, I, 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 I'm not going to skip this on this service either. Can I go back to the name of Jesus just for a second? Philippians 2.10. A lot of times we quote this verse that says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And that is certainly true. But let's look at Philippians 2.10. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. At the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, that name has all authority. It carries all authority. It carries all authority over, over the enemy, over the devil, who is very real. It carries all authority. So, so we need to start using the name of Jesus far more than we do. I'm just I'm trying to help you, everybody. This is your battle plan. This is, these are your weapons. Then we have the word, the word of God, the word of Jesus. John 8, 31 says, if you hold to my teaching, this is Jesus speaking. He said, if you hold to my teachings, if you hold to my word, you really are my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you hold to my teachings, if you hold to my word, if you live it out, if you believe it, if you declare it, you're gonna see a difference in your life there's going to be freedom. 
where there was bondage. There's going to be deliverance where there were chains. Because the word of God is powerful, everybody. Let's read Ephesians 6. I want to point something out to you. We started with this portion of scripture, and now we're going to continue it. Ephesians 6, verse 14 says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation. So stop right there. We have one more to go here, one part, one more piece of the armor. But at this point, all of the armor that is mentioned here is defensive in nature. It's defensive in nature. But now he's going to get to the offensive weapon in the full armor of God. So he talks about the helmet of salvation, and he says, and the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is your offensive weapon, everybody. It's your offensive we weapon. Meaning with the word of God, you are to advance with the word of God. You are not meant to move backwards. You're not meant to be pushed around. You are meant to advance with the word of God. And you have to use the word of God. Everybody, let me ask you a question. If you don't know the word of God, how, how can you advance? If you don't know the word of God, if you don't know the promises of God, how can you advance forward in your faith if you don't, if you don't know the promises of God? In fact, I, I told the first service, and I'll tell you too, if you don't know the word of God, there's so many resources out there right now that, that you can get. Uh, one of them is, they're, they're, and these are everywhere. It's called a, a, a Bible promise book. And, and it has a bunch of topics in there. And, and with those topics are just scriptures attached to it. So if you struggle with anger, it'll, it'll give you verses about overcoming anger, promises from God. If you, if you struggle with strife or with turmoil, or if you struggle with pride, or if you struggle with lying, or, or whatever it is, uh, there are just verses that'll say, if, if this is what you're dealing with, go read these verses. You have to know the promises of God. And you can't say, well, I just don't know my Bible enough. Listen, there are resources out there for you to use. The second thing, though, is you need to get to know your Bible. Let, let me say it this way, everybody. You can either repeat your problems or repeat or repeat the promises of God. I'm not going to repeat my problems. I'm going to repeat his promises because that's what faith does. Fear repeats the problem. Faith repeats the promise. I'm, I'm, teaching, you how to, I'm teaching you how to use your, your weapon, everybody, the word of God. Can I say this too? When you take possession of a promise from God, you're also taking possession of your miracle. But you got to know the promise. If you say, well, I, I need help. Well, hey, that's why we're here. We're here to help you. So just ask. Just ask and we'll help you. But there are certainly resources out there. The word of God, the word of Jesus, it's a weapon that you can use. So what do you do? Three things to do every single day. If you want to win in spiritual warfare, if you want to win the battles that you are going to face, there's some things that you need to do every single day. The first one is completely surrender to God. Emphasis on the word completely. Completely surrender to God. I, I was thinking about James 4, verse 7. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So submission to God 
and resisting, and resisting the devil go hand in hand. Let, let me say it this way, everybody. That complete surrender is your resistance to the enemy. Complete sur- I'm going to say it again. Complete surrender is your resistance to the enemy. If you are completely surrendered to Christ, it will be far easier to stand firm in the faith because your, your submission, your surrender to Christ is a, is a resistance against the things of the enemy. So what I do is this. When, when the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you, there, there are several different dimensions to this. The first way that I resist the enemy is complete surrender. That's the first step. I have to fully submit myself to God. So therefore, I'm going I'm to do what God wants me to do, and I'm going to stay away from, God's, from those things that God says, don't, don't do those things. And so I resist him. Will temptations come? Absolutely. They will come. But if I leave, live a life of surrender, then I'll just, it'll just be so much more easier for me to resist when I surrender. Am I helping you, everybody? Okay, so let, let, me, let me put this in, in different terms then. So every day when I, when I spend time with the Lord, I'm going to surrender that day to him. I'm going to go to him and say, Lord, I surrender today. I give you my life today. I don't know what I'll do tomorrow, but I know what I'm going to do today. I'm going to surrender to you today. And then the next day, by the way, I get up and I pray the, the same prayer. Hey, I'm going to surrender to you today, God. That's my prayer every day, every day. Lord, I, I just lay my life. And I'll word it differently. Lord, I lay my life at your feet today. Lord, I surrender to you today. Lord, today I'm going to be a man of integrity. I'm going to be a man of love. I'm going to be a man of your word. I'm going to be a man of faith. That's why I'm going to completely surrender to the Lord every single day. A lot of people say they just had this one-time moment in their life. Okay, I'm, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. And they come to faith in Jesus Christ. That is great. But we're talking complete surrender here. Every single day. It's a choice you make every single day. I am going to live a life of surrender. And part of that life of surrender is prayer. Part of that life is of surrender is worship to God. In fact, there are times when I come into the sanctuary and I, I don't even feel like praying sometimes. You ever feel like that? Am I the only one? I probably, I'm probably the only one. But there are times where I come in here and we pray every day, the, the staff, we pray every day uh, here in the sanctuary from 8.30 to 9. We just, we just pray. And some days I come in here and I don't feel like praying. I, I got other things on my mind. I, I, got, I got stresses. I have things that I've got to do, and I've got to do them very quickly. And I always tell you this, and I also practice what I preach. When you don't feel like praying, you need to pray about it. So sometimes I'll come up and say, Lord, I got nothing. I got nothing. And then, and then this thought comes every single time, but whether, whether my emotions accompany uh, my prayer time today or not, whether, whether I'm in the mood to pray or not, the one thing I know is no matter, no matter what I'm feeling, you are still worthy of praise. And so I'll just start worshiping for a little while. And I, I almost always start by saying, Lord, I start this day by saying, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Lord, you, you, are, you are holy, you are just, you are righteous. And all of a sudden, every, everybody, that, that prayer time that I, didn't really, I wasn't really in the mood for, all of a sudden the mood starts hitting me, everybody, as I just worship Jesus. 
And then as I worship him for a little while, sometimes I'll say, Lord, I got a lot of things in my mind. It's hard for me to concentrate. So I'm just going to give these things to you. So, Lord, you know what I've got to face today. I've, I've got, I, you, know what I've got to, you know who I've got to talk to. You know I've got to, I've got to teach this, or I've got, to, I've got to prepare for this, or I've got this meeting coming up, or I've got this on my plate. And I just present those things to the Lord. I just give them to the Lord. And then, and then every day, whether I'm in the mood or not, I'm going to pray for my wife. I'm going to pray for my children. I'm going to pray for my family members. I'm going to pray for all of you. How many know it's a good thing for your pastor? That It's a good thing if a pastor prays for his own church family, right? That's pretty good, right? How many want to, why don't you guys pray for me too? If you run out of things to pray for, look at this big redhead. Because you can pray for me. And when you don't feel like praying, you just pray about it. You just, you just do it anyway. You just, and I'm telling you, I, I walk out of this room on those days where I'm like, I, I, I walk in and say, ugh. And I walk out saying, oh, oof, I'm glad I did that. You know, I've never regretted a time of prayer in my life. Never. Not one time have I walked away from a time of prayer and said, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> Not one time. I always walk away refreshed. God is so patient with us. Did you know that? So if you don't feel like praying, just pray about it. And as you pray, submit yourself to the Lord. Surrender, wholehearted surrender. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. He, he searches through the whole earth to show himself strong for, to those who are completely surrendered to him. Oh, may he find me completely surrendered. May he find me completely loyal to him. That's how I want my father to find me. You? Okay, so that, so that means I'm going to embrace everything that the word of God tells me to embrace. I'm going to worship. I'm going to pray. I'm going to study. I'm going to read. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to encourage people. By the way, I'm going to be at church every single Sunday. Why? Because not only does the Bible say it's good for us that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves, but can I tell you something? I not only did it for me, I did it for my family. I wanted all of my children to be in a position to hear from the Lord. I never, see, I, I, with my, when my children were growing up, I didn't know at what time they would hear the call of God upon their life. And I never wanted them to miss an opportunity to hear the voice of God. Well, I found out that a lot of people listen to the voice of God more clearly in a moment just like this. And so... Church attendance, and I know I'm preaching to the choir today because you're here. Church attendance, it's a non-negotiable in my world. And you say, well, you're saying that because you're a pastor. Listen, it's an, it would be a non-negotiable in my world if I wasn't a pastor. It's just a non-negotiable. No, we, we go to church. Why? Because we worship the Lord with other believers, and we're ready to, to receive a good word from the Lord and grow in our faith, and we're going to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know. You know, the Lord can do something in one moment that I could never do in a lifetime. He could change my life in one moment. He could change the life of my children in one moment. He can do something that I could never do in me or in my family. So it's a non-negotiable. And, and can, I, can, I just, can I just say it how I, how I feel it, everybody? I'm going to rephrase it. <laughs> Make it a non-negotiable in your life. Make it a non-negotiable in your life. Complete surrender.
The second thing, close the enemy's access points. Close the enemy's access points. The Bible says it this way in Ephesians 4. It says, don't give the devil a foothold. In fact, in, in chapter 5, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Have you ever tried to shut a door and somebody put their foot in it the last minute and you couldn't, for the life of you, you could not shut that door? Why? Because their foot was in the way. Do not give the devil a foothold. There are access points in your life that the devil wants to get his foot in and you need to shut the door in those access points. And I'm talking about what you watch. I'm talking about what you listen to. I'm talking about where you go. I'm talking about who your friends are. I'm talking about access points in which the devil gets a foothold in your life. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking to you about. And I haven't mentioned anything specifically, but the Holy Spirit is telling you what it is, access points. You need to close the door to the enemy. Just close the door. If it's not pure, if it's not righteous, if it's not lovely, if it's not excellent, if it's not admirable, if it's not praiseworthy, you need to shut the door to it. Close it off. Close it off. And number three, you got to count on victory from God. Just count on victory from God. So as I live my life of surrender, as I close access to my life from the enemy, as I use the weapons that the Lord has given me to fight the good fight of faith, this is what I do. I just count on God for victory. You would not believe the number of times that my wife and I have looked at each other and said, this is his church. Can I tell you something about New Song? It's my church, it's your church, it's our church. But far above that, it's God's church. And I've just, I just know that God provides at the right time in the right way every single time. And when I start to worry about it, my wife will say, whose church is it? Oh yeah, it's God's church. And when she starts to worry, I'll say, whose church is it? Oh yeah, it's God's church. So now if I take my problems to him, if I cast my cares upon him, then whose problem is it? It isn't mine anymore, I've given it away. Now it's his problem. And I'm just gonna count on him for victory. So you have issues in your life. You have struggles in your life. You have attacks from the enemy. You present those to God. Say, God, this is the issue. I'm giving this to you. And then don't take it back. Leave it with him and count on him for victory. I was praying, how do I close this out today? For those of you who you want to live a life of faith, you're using these weapons in your life, you're growing in the faith, you're living a life of complete surrender. You're closing the access points to the enemy. I want to read to you out of Psalm 91. I, couldn't, I could not say it any better than what Psalm 91 says. Listen to this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High, they will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust in him for he will rescue you. New song from every single trap 
and he will protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. His promises are your armor and your protection. So don't be afraid of the terrors of night nor the arrows that fly by day. Don't dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. New song, though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, new song. No plague will come near your home. Not my words. These are the words of the Lord. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. In fact, you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will not, I will not, I will not. Leave them or forsake them, the word of God says, doesn't it? He says, when they call upon me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. How good is our God? How good is our God? New song, complete surrender. Close the doors to the enemy and count on victory that can come only from him. Let's stand it together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask you a question today. Before I do, I want you to know that if in just a few moments you give your life to Christ, I'm going to give you the opportunity here in just a second. We have a book for you called Fresh Start. It's free of charge at guest services. Make sure you go pick one up and take that home with you. It'll just help you in your journey with Christ. Let me ask you a question. Have you completely surrendered your life to Christ? Completely. Let me ask you another question. Are you trying to walk the fence? Well, I want enough of Jesus to get into heaven, but I, I want enough of this world so that I don't mess out on anything. Uh, that, that thought is not from God. The Bible says that's called being lukewarm, and it makes God sick to his stomach. Did you know that? He says, I'll spit you out of my mouth. It's, that's, that's what he wants to do. It just, it makes him sick to his stomach. Have you completely surrendered your life to Christ? Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? If you have not done that, I'm gonna give you the opportunity. I'm not gonna take a long time, but this goes for anybody in this room. If you've never completely surrendered your life to Christ, or if you say, well, I've surrendered, but, but pastor, I, I, I still... I got, I got some stuff. I got some issues. And today, you're ready. No, I'm all in. I'm going all in. I want, I want you to raise your hand and hold it up really high. Let me see who you are. Is there anybody else? There are lots of hands. Anybody else? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that truly is above every other name, admitting, confessing, that we are in need of you like never before. On our own, Lord, we are so weak. 
but your word says that in our weaknesses, you are made strong, that you show yourself strong on our behalf. So we come before you today, Lord, to the best of our ability, the best that we know how to do. With this prayer, this declaration, today I completely surrender to you. But I'm gonna need your help to follow through with it. I'm gonna need your help to live it out. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, help me. Father, help me to live a life of complete surrender. Help me. Holy Spirit, would you fill me with your power, with your presence, with your gifts, with the, the fruit that I should be experiencing in my life of love and joy and peace. Could, Holy Spirit, I'm just asking for more of you in my life so that I could be who God has called me to be. Today, I close the door to the enemy. I don't want him to have any access in my life. So Holy Spirit, speak to me. Whenever the door starts to creak open a little bit, whenever I start getting tempted to do things that I shouldn't do or think things or say things that I shouldn't think or say, to go places where I shouldn't go, when I start, when I start cracking the door open, Holy Spirit, speak to me and remind me and empower me to surrender. I need your help. I confess that. Today, I, lie, I, I lay my life at your feet. I'm all in. I'm all in. No going back. There's just no more going back. I'm all in. And I thank you for your grace and your mercy, for accepting me, for loving me, for being patient with me, for being kind to me. It's your mercy, it's your kindness, it's your grace, it's your love that has led me to this moment. Thank you, Lord. I love you, and I worship you with all of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching. We hope you tune in next week.